Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to this program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm talking to Corey Boer, better known as Show Me the Data on Twitter. She is one of my biggest Twitter heroes. I love everything that she does, and I'm thrilled that you're on with me today. Hey, Corey. Hello. That's so sweet of you to say. I feel like Twitter is a waste of time. So it's nice to hear that people find value. It's, it's, it's mostly a waste of time, but there are some really great people to follow. And I honestly think from sort of a news perspective, from an information perspective, particularly since Elon Musk took it over, um, it is. And and after we saw what happened with COVID, it's to me, it's it's an incredibly important tool to stay informed. I spend way too much time on it, and there are some incredibly bad people on Twitter, uh, but but mostly I think it's good. And you really are a, a bright light on Twitter. You have, you, throughout COVID, you provided so many people with great information. And while I, I, I don't want to spend the entire time talking about it, I think it really is kind of interesting um, to tell people who you are and how you became sort of famous on Twitter during covid for but but I mean I there's so many people that are infamous on Twitter and that's not what I mean. You became famous in a good way because you did provide people so much information. So give us kind of a quick elevator speech, if you will, on that process because before Twitter you had a, a small following, and then you know we're talking about the school shutdowns and the business shutdowns and COVID raging strongly. Um, you know, what was some of the information you were providing people? So I think this happened to a lot of us that found each other on Twitter is that we're experts in the field and we saw reporters reporting on things incorrectly. Like, no, I, I know how this works. You're wrong. I work in healthcare IT at the time I was working for IBM Watson health and I sold healthcare data. And so I, I knew how to look at healthcare data. I knew how to access the data and I just and also my backgrounds in statistics. I'm an economist by nature. I love statistics. I love like econ, but I'm anyhow. So it started with me going like, this doesn't make sense. This is wrong. I don't understand. And there was no place else to go other than Twitter um, to, to try to find out what was going on because everyone around you was going insane. And slowly <laughs> over time, we'd fight in the comments of like the New York Times being like, this is not statistically relevant. You need to age, age stratify the data. Like if we just age, like everybody knows we need to age stratify data, but you were saying over, you know, 60 and under 60, as if a two-year-old had the same risk as a 59-year-old. Like, right, right. That was like one of my things that went on forever, like elective procedures. And so anyhow, I, I made my friends in my name by fighting in the comments of larger accounts. And people just, and that's how I grew is just the, by asking questions and providing data, but it wasn't like I was just tweeting things out. I'd go to the New York times or the Washington post and they you know, published a story that was completely inaccurate and I'd come in and, and correct it in the comments. And then I'd find others that were correcting it. And then that's just how, how we grew It's just, and, and I landed on the name, show me the data because they weren't sharing the data. And when you did share yeah. the data, you're like, Oh, the data does not tell that story. That's not the story the data tells. So 
Well, I really, we I, I really encourage people to go back and, and well, first of all, to follow you on Twitter. And it's funny, I don't, you know, I, I might sometimes in passing say, oh, follow this person on Twitter as like, get more information. But I honestly think you're one of the most important Twitter follows. So if you want information, look, this isn't stopping. We now know that, um, that the media, government agencies, it doesn't always, they're, we're not always getting the full story. So I just think it is really important. And I know that you did an interview with my colleague, Jenny Gentles, um, um, who, who does a podcast, um, Escaping Your Government Assigned School. Um, and you go a lot more into detail on that um, podcast. So I encourage people to, to watch that one as well. The reason I asked you to come on um, here today was yet another tweet that I saw of yours, but quite removed from the COVID conversation. And this is very personal. And I'm just going to read. Um, you ended up writing a Substack about this, but this caught my eye um, on Twitter. But you wrote about this on Substack, and this is how it starts. I was sitting on the floor of my 14-year-old's bedroom waiting for her to return. I saw her phone on the floor, picked it up, and scrolled through her texts. As soon as I read the message, I got a punch in the gut. I wanted to vomit. I couldn't read anymore. I, I ran downstairs and handed the phone to her dad uh, to read the rest. Tell us what you saw. It's funny. When I tell the story, I don't get emotional. But hearing you read it back to me, it made me emotional. I haven't gotten emotional about this at all until I heard oh. you read it back to me. Yeah. Um, well, that's how it, ca first of all, your, your, writing is ex your writing is incredible because it captures people immediately. So tell me. If you feel okay, tell me, oh. tell me what you saw on her. And again, your daughter is how old? 14, she's, 14 She's 14. Old. She turns 15 in January and she is a young 14. She's not 14 going on 30. She's 14 going on 10. Like she loves to play with her younger brother. She's Legos. She's clean books. Like the way she rebels is reading books like late at night when she's supposed to be asleep, right? Like she is just a kid. She is such a kid. Yeah. Um, and I also want to preface this with like, we have all the parental controls. We thought we had all the parental controls to turn on our phone. We thought we had, um, we have an app that we use to monitor stuff as well. And it's really, it's not her phone. It's my phone. She gets to use. So I think I like want to give that context up front because usually parents start attacking me for all this other stuff without understanding right. the whole context of like, no, she doesn't have a phone. She has my phone. I pay for the data. It's mine, which is why she understands I get to pick it up at any time and scroll through text right. message. Like, we understand that's the way it works. Um, the message said that I read was, I'm 28 years old. We shouldn't be doing this. <sighs> we shouldn't be doing what? Creepy 28-year-old. You shouldn't be doing what? What What were you doing? Yeah. So that that's the message that I just, I just physically could not read any. I genuinely could not read anymore. I was just ill. Um, you scroll a little further down in the messages and you see that he asked her for a picture. And being the kid she is, she sent her Halloween picture where she's dressed up as Zelda from the Legend of Zelda, right? Like she's not sending so some sweet. sexy, pouty, whatever. Right. So here's me in my Halloween costume. Right. Um, and I asked her, like, why did you respond? And she initially, she said, well, I thought it was a friend of mine from summer camp. Yeah, so it turns out. So, so let's fast yeah. forward this. It turns out. This was a total stranger. Total stranger. And it was, and you're going to talk about this. This was a, what is known as a well, a wrong number scam. It is a well-known scam. Um, well, to people who study this stuff, not necessarily to 14 year olds or 14 year olds moms. And certainly I didn't even me. know this was a thing. I, I, I I, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I was like, not to everybody, but so you, okay. So tell, so 
So she's sending, this is, tell us a little bit about how this happened. She gets this text and I've gotten these texts too. Oh, wrong number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how this went down. So the text was like, like one of those, like, what's up? Like text, that's it. And she's like, responded back again. She wasn't supposed to be able to receive text messages from unknown phone numbers. There was an Apple update and I didn't realize the update turned off that parental control. <laughs> So she gets this text message. I don't know if she's getting text. And she just responds with thinking it's this friend from summer camp saying, you know, who's this? And he's like, well, the last time he, he acted like he's, he's like the last time we talked, he called me a bitch or something like that. It was very interesting how he responded. And then she just kept engaging with this guy who claimed to be a math teacher. So clearly a profession that you would garnish trust from a child. Course. Oh, math of course. Yeah. Yes. And yes. she already conveyed that she loves math. You, I, I want to also be very clear here because, because you did talk about, and we can go over this. You talked about the four different kinds of reactions and you got a lot of crap um, for revealing this. And, and I think people who do reveal this kind of stuff, you, you know, okay, I might be, but a lot of judgment, a lot of nasty comments, but you didn't realize that you could even receive texts from unknown numbers was one of the things which I, you know, the, I learned, I learned so much through this sub stack that you wrote, which we will link to. Um, and I think all parents should know about this, but you didn't know that she could receive these because you had put these controls on, but then finding out, I want to go back to something you said that there was an update, which had undone all of these parental controls that you had put in. This is what scares me so much because you think you're being a responsible parent. You think you're doing the right thing by putting these these uh, these parent controls in, and then they can be wiped out with an update. You cannot trust the technology. And that is my message. I just want to scream to everyone. Like you think you've got, if you think you've got it under control, you're like, oh no, we've got, you're screwed because they will find a way around it. Not your kids, but their predators will find a way. Something is going to happen. There will be a slip up and you think you've got it under control, which is why you have to spot check your kids' devices. You have to pick up their, their computers and go through their browser history. You have, like, it sucks. You don't want to oh, do it. It's a total it's time suck. Yeah. You, you, I want to I stick to things that you put in the sub stack because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable revealing things, but you did talk about your daughter's reaction to this. Tell me again, she's a young 14-year-old. She's innocent. She's so sweet. She was shocked. She was afraid. She was genuinely afraid when we told her what was going on. And I put it into context. So I was like, I want you to think of your English teacher. This guy claims to be four years older than your English teacher. How does that make you feel? And she's like, ew. Like she didn't quite grasp what 28 was, right? Like, and she just, and I was like, and he's probably 36. He's, you know, he, yeah. he's probably lying yeah. about his age. He's probably some 40 year old gross. Like you just don't know how old he really is. Right. And she's, it just never occurred to her because I hadn't prepped her that, Hey, some guys are going to text you randomly. Like I hadn't prepped her for this. I did. So yeah, um, she was, she was afraid. And honestly, like today is the first day she's asked for a phone back and it's been almost, a, it's almost a month. And she asked if she, we could, we could give her, she just didn't want it. Like nobody, we, we just didn't want to deal with it. We turned it off. We put it in the corner of the house and just like forgot about it through Christmas. Yeah. Good. Good. And I think, you know, sometimes it, it, these things are scary for kids because it's sort of, and what's unfortunate is it is a loss of innocence in a way that's sort of 
that she didn't know bad people like that existed. She didn't know people use these methods. And there's something so sad about that because the bottom line is, and I really do want to talk a little bit about this because I'm a big advocate of free range parenting, which, and you, you talked a little, you touched on this in your Substack that, you know, I, I really pride myself on letting my kids walk to the CVS or letting them walk to the park when they were little, letting them play outside and even go beyond the gate and, I lost sight of them and I would be okay. They knew where they were. I, I was one of those moms who on a, on a, you know, sunny 50 degree day, I'd roll the windows down. I have a sort of a famous art, not, not famous, but like I wrote, wrote this article because a guy yelled at me for letting my kids stay in the car. When I walked in and it was more like 60 degree day, I rolled all the windows down. They'd been playing for four hours in a, in a, in a playground. And I just had to go in to get a rotisserie chicken. And I came out and this guy was who, you know, freaking out. Um, and I yelled back at him. Anyway, so you know, I've always sort of prided, prided myself. Now my kids are a little older. I've got I've got a 13 year old and a 15 year old and a 16 year old. So I'm dealing in the same age group as you are. And suddenly, I am a super hoverer on tech on their on things that devices and games. You know, my son was contacted through a video game, right? I mean, I didn't I didn't know you could do that, right? And then there's all this discourse and discord. See, look, I'm so old. But Discord, there's all these different platforms. So talk to me a little bit about that, how, you know, it is time to hover on these. Yes. We are pioneers in parenting right now. We And we've seen how our, like those that have older kids have done it and failed. And it's not the 80s, like in the 80s, if we got a phone call, Everyone in the phone house knew who we were talking to because it was on the phone in the kitchen with a line stuck to the, and they all talked yep. to the person on the phone. They knew who was called. There wasn't like we had this privacy then that we don't have now with our kids. We, it's just, I'm not reading her journal, right? Like it's, it's, there's a real, I, I, I liken it to a driver's license, right? A, the internet and the phone are powerful, dangerous devices. So when you turn 18, I don't just throw you in the car and be like, go, go ahead and drive. Good luck. You're leaving house. Like, see it. No, at the age of 16, we teach them at 15 to take the test. We give them a little bit of freedom with this dangerous tool. So they learn how to use it correctly. When they get 16, they can do it under certain circumstances. And as they get more comfortable with it, they get more freedom with it, but they understand the rules, right? They've been right. taught in a safe environment right. how to use this dangerous tool. And I think that we as parents need to look at internet access and communications the same way you know, part of the pushback I got was from parents being like, why would you give your kid a phone? Well, because someday she will have a phone and someday she will have access to the internet and I won't be there to help her navigate all this crap. Well, you so, had a great line in your Substack. My job is to prepare them to survive in the world, not hide them from it. And, you know, I think it is a, it's really, it is a balancing act. Mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 you know, no, uh, one of my children, my my middle son, had a has a phone. My oldest doesn't. He doesn't show an interest. My youngest doesn't yet. But you know, the middle son, he was doing so many activities and a lot of sports. We really felt like it was time. And I do the same thing. And boy, am I doing it more now after reading your Substack to make sure that he's not seeing things, not accessing things, not being contacted. Um, but it is a real balancing act. And I am frustrated sometimes with the lack of sympathy 
that I see out there because we do live in a high tech world um, and these things are increasingly available. Um, you know, I my son went to a Boy Scout camp, an overnight Boy Scout camp. So, you know, you think, good job, mom. He's involved in Boy Scouts and they spent all day hiking and they, you know, they, they ate dinner over a campfire. And then they went in and one boy snuck in his phone and guess what those kids did? They all gathered around the phone and, and watched him playing video games on his stupid little device. And so it's harder and harder to avoid it. But I think parents, parents have to figure out ways to, to, to help their children, help their, help guide their children and not talking about it or not dealing with it is, is not the way. Um, what's going on now and how did, you know, I mean, I know there's been like a slight update. I know that it was difficult. I know that, um, you know, there are other things that happen, but give us sort of the latest. Well, I mean, when it came to the predator, um, the police, they don't even have time to process the crimes that have occurred. And based on what was in the text thread, that nothing illegal happened, right? So the next step would be for some, there's a reason why private citizens set up these things and it's because the police don't have the capacity to do so. So the private citizens set up these things and then they wrap up the predator with all the documentation necessary, a nice little bow and hand it over to the police so they can prosecute someone. But the police don't have the time to entrap these guys. Um, the other issue is, is that this, we figured out where the number came from. We know exactly where the guy lives. Um, he lit, we had moved this summer. And so he was in an area, her phone is from the area, area code and the area where we moved from. Ah, so it was also like local police would have no interest because it's in another area of the state and they don't have jurisdiction. So this would have to be some sort of FBI thing, but then again, no crime actually occurred. So there's no incentive to set up a sting unless we wanted to do it. And honestly, I, my husband would kill him and my husband would be in jail. So we're, our what, plan is just what to- What is the end game? What is the end game? Is it, is it, is it, is this pedophilia? Is this, is, is this, is the end goal sexual assault? Is the end goal, it's, is this trafficking? It, it's a known, it's an, it's a known scam at targeting children for blackmail. So you get them to send you the pictures. Oh. And then, yeah, like the poor kid, I think I linked the article to the poor kid in Utah who committed suicide over this good kid. Someone trapped him in something and he ended up killing himself and just like, you know, that sort of thing. It is for meetups. You convince the girl in a sexual assault to meet you, meet up somewhere. Um, it's, uh, you read, the one thing I think is great about the Twitter thread is that you read the other comments, not the ones that are judgmental in one way or the other, but the people that also had firsthand experiences with it. And it just rips your heart out. You're like, oh my gosh, like it is so prevalent and ignoring it is not going to protect our kids. And this, this is something that is primarily probably happening to young girls, but happens to both boys and girls, correct? There were boy stories there that were just on, again, you couldn't make this stuff up. Like the, the detail and the weirdness to this, you're like, this is so, they're not making this up. So, and, and it, it probably also is one of the motivations also is money. They, if they can get a kid, um, if they can blackmail them essentially. Yep. Um, and I remember being that age. I remember how terrified I remember going to a sleepover and watching an R rated movie. And I, and honestly, I think back on it, it wasn't that bad. There were it was some like tremors. 
you know. Yeah, no, it was like it was like honest to God, I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself so embarrassingly right now, but I think it was some Cheech and Chong thing. And I was riddled with guilt because it's all boobs. It's all boobs, right? And Cheech and Chong. And I remember being like, oh, I'm not, and I was at a slumber party and I wasn't allowed to say it. anyway, I ended up telling my mother, but I remember the just guilt the terrible guilt I felt. And so you think of kids not wanting to disappoint their parents. And this is even worse, you know, talking to a stranger online, right? Most parents in passing will be like, you know, don't do that or don't talk. But um, this is terrifying. It is terrifying. And it is a reason to hover. It is a reason um, to check children's phones, to make sure you have their passwords, to check their histories. And, and, and to not wait too long to check their history. Kids are smart. They'll erase it. Right. And, yeah. And I'd also add that doing so, reminding them it's to protect them and that if they do anything bad, that you'll always love them. And that under no circumstances would you blame them and that there's evil people out there coming up with creative ways to get them. And it's not their fault. The you know, there's no blame put on my daughter in this situation at all. She's a kid. She's a good kid. Of course. Of course. And you know, years ago, a few years ago, we found another scenario where we, again, we, where she, I wrote about this on my blog where like she was accessing pornography at school. She has ADHD. Her brain is pre-wired to this stuff. She didn't go looking for it. It popped up in some game in some workaround. And it was again, we, tr- and that's where I first learned. I don't trust anything because I had trusted, I had trusted the parental controls. So that's why I did the spot checks. I'd already learned the lesson the hard way. And that sucked. Where was I going with this? Oh, but I didn't blame her. Like she was hiding. Yeah. She was hiding it from us. She was, I just want to learn, you're not a bad kid. Like your body, your body, we are wired to crave this sort of thing. Like, and it's a bad person used that hard wiring that's in you, this gift that's used, you know, it's not a bad gift. It's a gift. But it's, they're manipulating that in you. That's right. Intentionally. And that's what I'd love to emphasize to parents is just like, please don't blame your kids for this stuff. Just let them know that you love them and let them know that it's not their fault. That's right. That's right. You know, one other thing I will say, and I do think it's important. Um, you, I mean, you're very clear about this and in, in your Substack, and you just said it, you know, I, not trusting these companies, these big tech companies. I will tell you, I think that is such an important point. And this is the reason because they are rolling out all sorts of new parental controls because they're in a lot of trouble because there are attorneys generals and there is Congress that are very interested in what these IT companies know. They know that their content is harmful. They know that they're addictive. They know that they use algorithms to make them even more so. And so I think it is really important, especially your your message here is especially important right now because I, I know that these IT companies are rolling out new parental controls right to 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 a little bit lower parents into a sense of security absolutely and you are absolutely the one the only one who can ensure the security of your child do not be convinced that because you know you have this example of this apple update um mm-hmm. where it wiped out all of those parental controls um I, you know, I've never actually talked about this publicly, but my child had a Google account for school, a Google um, web, um, like a email. Gmail. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gmail. And, you know, he put his birthday in there when he was first setting it up. He put his actual birthday in. And on his 13th birthday, it was his actual 13th birthday. He got an email from Google that said, you're 13 now. Do you want to remove the parental controls? You're in charge of your account. It said, you're in charge of your account. And I, I 
could not believe that this was sent to my 13-year-old because according to Google, he was an adult now. He was able to choose and, and remove parental controls. So people need to know that. Apparently South Park recently did an episode. I didn't, I don't watch South Park, but I have a friend who did. And I, I was on his radio last night talking about this scenario. And he said, they recently did an episode talking about how everything on the internet is designed for children, that Pornhub is designed for children, that OnlyFans is designed for children. And that, and even South Park is now finally calling it out. Like these were designed to get to your kids. Google yeah. was designed, like they opened, like they know exactly what they're doing when they sent that email. They know exactly what they're doing. Listen, Corey, I I am so grateful to you uh, for coming on and talking about this. Your Substack is is amazing. Um, I, I I do really want you to say um, your email address and your Substack and other places because I I can't repeat this enough that I think you are someone worth following. Um, you are just a, a such a source of information on these really really important topics. So if at the as we're closing up here, if you could tell people where to find you. Well, again, that's really sweet of you to say, and I appreciate it. Um, I think the easiest way to find me because my Substack is like SMTD, like show me the data is just what I go by everywhere. So if you go into Twitter and type in show me the data, you'll find my profile and there's a link to my Substack there on my profile on Twitter. Great. Listen, Corey, you're a great mom. You are doing everything right. And um, we really, I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your story. I learned a lot. My, uh, my son probably isn't going to be so happy. I learned so much, but um, uh, it's an, it's really an important um, story that you've told here today. So thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me and letting me tell it. The Bespoke Parenting Podcast with Julie Gunlock is a production of the Independent Women's Forum. You can send comments and questions to me at julie.gunlock at iwf.org. Please help me out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke.